Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show, Vikings Hot Takes. We've got me, Flip Mozzie. We've got Eric J. Thompson. It's the NFL Draft Edition. Six prospects, 20 minutes, and the fans with the takes in the comments, too. So settle in, and we'll see you on the other side of the roll. Let's go. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Hello, hello, let's go. We're a week away from the NFL draft. It's time to get some new young uns in purple. Eric, how are you, sir? Well, first of all, I got to say you're really well dressed today. I mean, I'm, I'm really liking oh, the, the coordinator's outfit. It's like we, we didn't plan this. Oh, look at us. No, of course not. But, uh, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> we got to look sharp because the team is going to be looking sharper in a week. There, there's there, A week from tonight, maybe from this very hour even, we are going to have a new Viking, and that is uh, extremely exciting. And that's why we're switching up yeah. the format a little bit this, this week. We're not going doing our usual back and forth three questions. We're just taking it straight up draft prospects. And you want to explain right. a little bit of, you know, we, we can't cram every draft prospect in here. So do you want to explain the, uh, the, the, the loose guidelines that we're following for, for the six that we're on? Yeah. You, you know, it is the NFL draft edition, but we still can only ask six questions. So, For this episode, we just decided to ask each other three prospects each. I think my prospects are better than Eric's, but, you know, the fans will decide that at the end of the day. And we'll see which one of these guys actually ends up as a Viking next weekend. Yeah, so, you, you know, you, you know, it won't be any of the six that we actually discuss, but we, you know, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do our best, but let's hop into it because we only got twenty minutes to go over all six prospects. So Dave will put us on the clock, and we will hop right in. First question, Eric: Will the Vikings draft Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington? This one is interesting, and I'm glad that we kind of started here because, I mean, there's there's probably out of the three big cornerbacks in in this, you know, that are all in the first round mix. Um, this seems like the, maybe the most realistic one because he's he's probably going to be there at twelve. And, and Gardner and Stingley were actually we did the uh, SB Nation mock draft, and 
uh, Sauce and Stingley were both gone in the SB Nation mock draft. Actually, Washington took Stingley right before. So McDuffie ended, ended up being the pick at 12. And he's a really good corner. He's a three-year starter at Washington. He's super quick and fluid. You, you hear the word hips all the time when you're when you're reading anything about him. That means he's he can change direction really well. I like that he can play both zone and man with not without knowing a ton of the details yet of what the Vikings defense is going to look like. I think um, he's pretty versatile in that respect. And, um, you know, the, 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 the classic cliches, like he's uh, sticky and he stays in the hip pocket and all that fun stuff. And, you know, he's even shown some nice flashes of being able to disrupt plays with some quick blitzes in Washington. And I think that's a welcome tool for a corner. But if the Vikings do get him, I'm okay with it. But I hope it's a little later in the first round. 12 still okay. feels a little bit early for me for McDuffie. And most mocks and big boards have him somewhere in the middle or the second half of the first round. So like then the 16, the 18, the 20 kind of range. That that seems to make more sense to me. And if you can do something like the Vikings did with Derisaw last year and, you know, get still get a guy that ends up being a starter and while getting some extra draft ammunition, I think that's a pretty solid situation. You could do a lot worse than McDuffie. And, you know, the, he, he's not the perfect cornerback. You know, like Sauce, is, it's hard to pick apart any part of his game because he's so dang good. You know, there's legit mis- concerns about McDuffie's size. He's he's most yeah. of his key key measurables, like the height and the wingspan and everything, are a little less than his peers. It's about an inch or two less than Stingley, and about three or four inches less in height and wins- wingspan, I think, than than Gardner. But in like, and he, there's the whole thing that he only had two interceptions in college. I don't put too much stock into that, but um, you know, I'm not saying like that he's like Trey Wayne's at all because you know they're very different wow. kinds of athleticism wow. I'm not saying that he they're the same kind of player because straight Trey Wayne's yeah. is a straight up but the one thing I would compare it a little bit is like they they have the the ability to stay with the receiver and be right there to be able to make a play on the ball but maybe not actually make a play on the ball that's the one thing that right. kind of stands right. out to me with, with McDuffie's game but I mean the, the, like I don't put too much stock in the oh he only had two interceptions thing because mostly because the Pac-12 quarterbacks just basically stopped throwing at his direction last year, so he didn't really get a ton of opportunities to do so. But so he doesn't come out without any you know question marks. But I think he'd still be a very solid pick, and especially if they can move back, maybe pick up an extra second or third or something like that from another team. I think that would be a, a really good addition to this team. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, you talk about the trade back. Maybe some fans are looking at McDuffie as, you know, you can't always trade back. And he he could be just the the easy pick at 12. I will say, you know, PFF has him ranked as 11th on their big, big board. Okay. Dane Bruhler at The Athletic has him ranked as 12. So a, a lot of people see McDuffie. They think he has a high floor. He has that athleticism and intuition like you talked about. But maybe some of the flash isn't there, like you said, with the ball skill. So, you know, we'll see if they trade back and if he's still on the board. But I think McDuffie has some pedigree. That's the one thing I want to talk about, Trent McDuffie, is he turned down a lot of these offers from big schools, from the Alabamas, from the LSUs, because he wanted to go to Washington Washington has a track record now of being a CBU and developing multiple NFL corners. We're talking Kevin King, Sidney Jones, Marcus Peters, Desmond Trufant. So so he is the next line in line of those guys. And let's keep him in purple. Let's go to the next one. I like it. Okay. So I stayed in the same vein because I think 
damn near every mock draft has some sort of defensive back usually going. So I went with one. We already discussed him a little bit. We discussed him a little bit last week. Will the Vikings draft Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU, especially if he's there at 12? Yeah. Yeah, I, this this will get con- con- controversial between McDuffie and Stingley Jr. And these guys will be compared to each other for years oh, yeah. down the line because nobody's really sure of who the better corner is, especially when you incorporate Stingley's foot injury. Now, Stingley, like I said last week, he is the flash. He is the story. He knows Justin Jefferson. He knows Patrick Peterson. He knows a defensive back coach. He's the guy with the ball skills and the big plays. He's the guy who won that national championship. So he it, may, it looks like he has a higher ceiling, but there's also more risk involved with Stingley. Personally, I already told you, I don't think Stingley's there at 12. And so yeah. that, for me, says go with McDuffie. But that's where I'm at with Stingley. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's all completely fair. And I mentioned it last week in our in our show. Um, the like the, he may have God, literally so jumped himself into the top ten. Stingley might like he might have literally jumped because that that what is it the ten eight broad jump that it looked like he was barely trying. Like that's the athleticism is there, and that was the big concern with him being injured for you know that's the the if this if he had put the two thousand nineteen tape. Uh, uh, this last season, you know, the, the, his true right. freshman year, one year, one year champion. wonder. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Like if I mean, he did everything. He was the top ranked corner coming into high, like like he was the like I think it was the third overall prospect. Definitely the top corner coming out of high school. So this guy was well known coming out of high school and had the fr- the freshman year that he did. Like if the, you had switched it around where he was kind of banged up the first two years and then put that season in 2021 instead of 2019, he'd be a top three pick. He'd be long gone. It'd be just him and uh, Gardner, you know, maybe both going top five, but like, I mean, yes. the, the upside is it like, it's, it's, it's a lot more than McDuffie's. That's why like if, if the, yeah. he, if he clears the the medical stuff with your new uh, medical staff and he's there and McDuffie's there, I don't think it's, I, I, I think you go with Stingley just because he's athletic. He's got great ball skills. He seems to know where to be on the field at all times. And like again, like I, I think it's it's worth the risk. Like if if it was a yeah. thing like an Achilles or if it was something that could, you know, feet isn't the you know feet and back and necks and things like that. That it always has a a chance of recurring. But I think uh, it's it's definitely worth the risk, especially at twelve. If if Stingley's there, um, and of course if Gardner's gone, which we are both assuming, that's why we're not really bringing him up as one of the six. Um, you would run up to the podium and take him, and it's 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 a great combination of value and need there. Definitely. Definitely. Let's get to the next prospect. So, Eric, will the Vikings draft Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor? Well, okay. I'm not going to lie. I, you know, I am a, I am a Cliff Notes draft connoisseur. Like I, I know the, I know the basics. I know the, like, I'm not going to dig in and grind tape on everyone. So I had to do a little bit of research on Petrie. First, how to pronounce his name. educating you. Yes, exactly. educating you. But I did do a little research today and uh, and a little bit last night. And like I went in and I researched how to pronounce his name in case I had to say it first. But that was an easy one. It's like Land Before Time. It's the character Petrie. That was so that's an easy one to remember. But in, as far as his game goes, um, like the more research I did on him, the more I realized why you brought him up. Like he he'd be a really intriguing. I don't think day one pick, but like a day two pick. Most people have him around the, mm-hmm. the 50s and the big board. But if you can get him day two, that'd be really. I mean, the dude played 
all over the formation in Baylor. Like he made plays from all sorts of different places. And that's why he was, he was a Jim Thorpe award finalist. And like, like, you know, I talked about McDuffie blitzing at the top of the show, but like Petrie blitzed Mm -hmm. a lot and blew up a lot of plays in the backfield for him. And, but like McDuffie, his size isn't maybe ideal. Like he's, he's also 5'11". He's a little wiry. He's kind of, you know, like it might be tough to be as versatile as he was at Baylor at the next level. I mean, the ideal thing that I see when, with Petrie is like when the Vikings had J. Ron Curse on the team, it's, you know, like yeah. they wanted him to flourish in that in-between kind of joker role, like that sometimes, big nickel. sometimes black corner. Yeah, the big nickel. Like, yeah. like I mean, I think he, the, Petrie could definitely do that. Like there's a chance that like he could be really versatile. He could hop in with Bynum and Smith. He can hop in as a slot corner. He can he could uh, do a lot of things for this defense. Again, like the size makes the the one thing that I'm a little worried about with him is that he could be the dreaded tweener, like where he's not ideal size for either position. You know, like if he's going to get run over in the run game and he's not quite yeah. uh, big enough to ha- on, handle the outside. But like as long as he can make an impact on in one of those areas, it's it's really intriguing because I, I thought he was. Uh, but it, they, again, it's it's the the Big Twelve. That, you know, they're putting up yards and points left and right in that conference, no matter what. But to see him, what uh, what they did, and against some really good competition in the Big Twelve, like they he the his highlight tape really speaks for itself. Like he's he's got a lot of good plays on film, and I really like that. That's another reason why like I like McDuffie. He has the three full years of tape you can watch and like being good at what he does. Petrie's the same way. He has he has a lot of playing time, a lot of experience. And it it would be a really intriguing day two pick. Another especially if they go elsewhere uh with the fr- with the first round pick. I'd I'd like to see him on the list on day two. So how so how did you yeah. land on Petrie for bringing them up on, on one of the six that we talked about today? Oh well you know just it, it's time to kind of think about Harrison Seth replacement, but it, it Petrie goes past that because his highlights, I encourage you to go watch his highlights. They are more fun to watch than Stingley and McDuffie. They he's are, a box safety. He's a big nickel. He can blitz. He can play s- slot. He logged, these are some stats. He logged 153 snaps at defensive line last year. We're talking 31 tackles for a loss in 23 games on top of 13 pass breakups, four interceptions, and four forced fumbles. So this is a guy who has a nose for the ball. He's always going to be around it. And I mean, I think this is where the game is going. It's just pure athletes with hunger and attitude and toughness like Jalen Petrie. That's why I put him in here. I hope they, I hope they get him. I like it. He's like the old NCAA football, uh, you know, the, the ATH designation. You can just see, see what his highest rating is depending on where you line him up. That, yeah, I like how versatile he could be. Yeah. Okay. Let's go next. All right, we're actually going to go on the offensive side of the ball just because I wanted to, to – so there's a lot of different ways you can go here, but if the Vikings go receiver at 12, I picked Jamison Williams. Do you think there's a chance that the Vikings actually pick him? Uh, you know, it is fun to go offense. I love the, the idea of receiver. I love the idea of trading down for a receiver. Eric, you have this thing with prospects – who are coming off injuries and only have one year of high level production. Like by low, I by low. That, I, I like potential. That's, that's really reason. the only reason. Able, from, yeah. This guy is watching from the bench for two years at Ohio state before he, he transfers to Alabama and then he tears his ACL in the national championship game. I just can't see that much. Ri- you, us taking that much risk at twelve. 
On top of that, I, I agree. He's an elite deep threat, but it, it, the Vikings philosophy right now, number one, Kevin O'Connell is supposed to be scheming our wide receivers open. And number two, Kirk is the most agnostic quarterback when it comes to his receivers. He's just going to throw it to the guy who's open. So, no, I, I'm not for taking <laughs> a, a deep threat receiver at 12 when you can get a guy that will be equally useful as a wide receiver three in the second or third round. Fair. But I just wanted to introduce William more as like an idea than a specific player here, because like in the first round, yeah. if like yeah. the first round guy, like if you like one of the Ohio State guys like Olave or Wilson, or if you like Traylon Burks yeah. more, or if you like if Drake London's your guy, that's fine. I just like the potential of Jamison Williams. And yes, he tore his ACL this year at the very oh, beginning yeah. of this year, like at, in the national yeah. championship game. And, but he's, you know, he says he's trying to, he's on pace to be back for week one. That's one thing. but. Just the idea of having the wide receiver is really fun to me, no matter where you want to go. If you will get another first-round wide receiver. Fun. Williams I just love because he can take the top off the defense, but you made a really good point about the Cousins thing. It's like, how many times have yeah. we seen someone wide open deep where it's like, well, this guy's open at 10 <laughs> yards down too. So that's a different discussion right. for a different day. But like I, I had... You know, like Thielen's not getting any younger. He's 32, and that Jefferson Brinks truck extension is going to be coming up sooner rather than later. So, like having a, True. you know, like you mentioned, uh, contingency plan for Harrison Smith, uh, it'd be nice to have one for wide receiver, and especially how loaded this wide receiver class is. All right, we're yeah. we've got six minutes yeah. left to go through three more guys or two more guys. All right, two more guys, Eric. Yeah. Will the Vikings draft Harry and Winfrey, <laughs> defensive lineman from Oklahoma? This one was another fun one. That I did, the, the more research I did, it's like, okay, I, I get what Flip's getting at. Like, I, this is I, the, I the, picked some fun guys. Yeah, this was this was um, the, the they weren't the the ones that everyone's talking about because that's the you know again the depth and breadth of my uh, draft knowledge could fill a kiddie pool, I think. But like, <laughs> but but that again, I went in, what did some research, and the dude's a unit. Like he's six four and two ninety, and it is a thick muscular 290 like he is a big dude and he's really fun to watch on tape too like he is always playing hard it seems like the kind of guy that he has like the infectious intensity like he is always mm -hmm. like in between plays hyping up his teammates and and he like i like he didn't put up a ton of stats at oklahoma i think it was like five and a half or sacks or something like that and mm -hmm. handful of tackles for mm -hmm. loss but from what i can gather about both him and the clips i can watch and just what oklahoma in general Oklahoma kind of had that old Zimmer philosophy of their, especially their inside guys on the defensive line. They're not ever going to fill up the stat sheet. They're to, there to fill their assignments so everyone else can make, could make plays behind them. But like, I think Winfrey, it is another one. Like, I think his arsenal of pass rush moves could be, you know, improved. I think he's a little uh, right. raw on that. And like, but he's, he's hovering around the fifties, just like Petrie on most big boards. That'd be a really interesting one to go. I think he'd make a really nice, uh, day two pick just for his explosiveness and intensity like it's I, I you can teach the technique you can't always teach like the the motor and like either you have that or you don't and Winfrey absolutely seems to have that so that that's why he's intriguing to me and I'm guessing that's kind of why yeah. you picked him as well a hundred percent diamond in the rough you watch him it's pure athleticism sometimes he doesn't even know where he's going that sounds to me like something we heard about I don't know another LSU path pass rusher maybe a uh, uh mr z smith maybe we heard those same things they were both day two picks i think mm -hmm. zadarius smith was even the fourth round so 
He's a developmental pass rusher, somebody you can work into the rotation. And he just needs more discipline. He's got Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith to give him that discipline and teach him how to be an NFL pass rusher. So when you talk about the idea of drafting a wide receiver, I just love the idea of drafting a developmental edge or defensive lineman in 2022. Right. And he's still like, he's not so raw where he can't get plugged in and actually play like, but he's, he's going to get better. That's so I, I feel a little bad here because you obviously stretched out a little bit to find a couple guys that are a little more off the beaten path and be available with all of the glitz and glamor of the Thursday. (laughs) I went with another huge name. I think he's the third most common name on the, uh, the Daily Norseman mock draft database. Yeah, but he's a, he's another really 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 fun one to talk about. Jordan Davis, uh, interior D line from Georgia. What do you think about the prospects of the Vikings drafting him? I just want to say right now that we are we are keeping score, and when we get back after the draft, whoever has the most picks actually in pur- purple is going to win. We are probably wow. going to tie. It's probably going to be zero. But <laughs> yeah. I've given myself a bigger opportunity here. You definitely did. You, you have the chance at two. I have the, at very, very most one. None of these guys are going to be around after Thursday. So that that's true. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Davis, 6'3", 341 pounds. He's, pe- he's pedigree. He's, yep. you know, Georgia national championship player. Uh, PFF ranks him at 20. Ruler ranks him at 24. Eric, this is a reach. This is a reach well, at pick it, twelve. Yes, I, I'm 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 with you on that. This would be another one of those in the in the McDuffie thing where if we can trade back a little bit for yeah, him, and, yeah. And I'll I'll, I'll let you uh, uh, explain yeah. in that. On, I'll, I'll uh, compound on why twelve would be a little probably a little early yeah. for him. But you go ahead right. and finish but your assessment before I do. He he is he is fun to watch. My concerns. He is run defense, so it's literally. You get the opportunity to put a rock in the middle of your defense on rundowns. He's he's only run defense, so it does he have any translatability in the pass rush? Maybe not. And you just can't draft a run defender only in the first round of the NFL draft, in my opinion. But I mean, he is a big boy. He does make plays when he's on the field. It's just he's not on the field that often. So I'll let you take the last minute, Eric, okay. to defend. Yep, and that's pick. exactly it. That the the obvious thing there that the detractors can point to right now. He's kind of a two down tackle. Like he until he develops as a yeah. reliable pass rusher. But the dude played fullback. He played extra t- lineman in the goal line stuff. Like he can do all sorts of stuff. And he just straight up dominates people. It looks like a like a comic book villain sometimes when he pushes people around i think you can teach that kind of stuff in him like the with his size and strength and frame he has so much potential yes it would take a lot while i think to get him up to speed to be a three down uh lineman so that's probably why maybe late in the first round you do that instead of 12 i i agree that 12 is early i just wanted to bring him up because he's so fun to talk about that georgia defense they're going to have what like half their defense drafted in the first night so like they they, it they were really fun to watch he could be like akeem hicks 2.0 with like like with flashes of the the aaron donald oh my god did he just do that to three blockers at once kind of things like i'm not comparing him like he has the potential and it'd be a lot of fun but yeah, it, yeah, Vita Vea was taken round twelve. Yeah, that's right. That round. Okay. That's good point okay. There, and he turned out okay. You know, he, he, he turned he out okay. He developed right. 
but that's it. That's six prospects in 20 minutes. It's the fastest, most fun draft prep you're going to get. I mean, you can't cover more, six fun, more fun draft prospects, non-quarterback drafts. Maybe we should have talked about some quarterbacks, but <laughs> we're trying to class. be realistic this, here. Yeah, we're trying to be class, realistic anyway. here. Exactly. Yep. Either way. Yep. Hoping some of these guys end up in purple, and we will find out in just seven days when we are doing the NFL draft live at Lake Monster Brewing, Brewing in St. Paul, Minnesota. Check out the Climb the Pocket Twitter feed with all the details. We've got live hosts. Eric and I, unfortunately, will not be there, but that's why we've got these hoodies on because mm-hmm. we will be doing live giveaways including two UNRL hoodies. So go to the draft show, watch the draft show, and you could have the chance to look just as good as Eric and I do on the podcast today. Can't wait to see how these prospects end up in purple. Eric, what do you want to close with, my man? Let's get excited. One week away. And yes, if you can make it out, if you're in the area, go out to, to Lake Munster. There is all sorts of stuff throughout the weekend. Uh, we, we have the whole uh, show scheduled uh, up there. Up there, It's, uh, it's going to be a blast. Again, uh, I am a 40-year-old dad of two that had, if we're going to a cabin, yay, instead. But it'll, I'll be following along uh, and wishing I was there with all of you. And uh, Lake Munster has uh, amazing beer. It's a great setup there. It's, it's perfect to watch the draft. So if you can make it, I definitely recommend it. Well said. Dave, we'll turn it over to you. Skull Bikes. And we have coming up Saturday – uh, we have Darren and myself as two old bloggers. We're going to be arguing, should we go offense or defense? Going into Thursday and the draft. We'll find out. That's one of the topics that we'll be discussing. Also, besides those great, they're fabulous, I wanted one, UNRL um, hoodies. They've got two for the giveaway. They're sold out, folks. The only way you're going to get them is to go to Lake Monster Brewing. Also, part of the giveaway, there'll be a jersey giveaway and free beer. And who doesn't love free beer? Mm, I wish I was there for that. Yes, it's the best. (laughs) Um, But we're we're ramping up. We have the full three days of all broadcast. Everybody's been scheduled. We have other guests that aren't on the schedule that are we're plugging in. They will come in a little bit here, a little bit there. People that you know, people that write on the Vikings every day. So Mm -hmm. you will see some of those folks over our three days of broadcast. But that Friday night, they're at Lake Monster. You can't beat that with a stick. Come out and join us. Until then. So much content coming out. Until then. What do we say? Go Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.